breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Why? One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Oh, Aaron, I can't believe what what is it going to be? It's eighty five degrees today. What? We have a fan on in here. <laughs> we have a fan on in the studio this morning. It's January thirtieth. Or some Yahoo turn the heat on. It up got there. up to seventy ish yesterday. Close yeah. to. I thought, wow, unreal. Unreal, but that's just our our weather. Have we had seventy five today? Plentiful sunshine, high near seventy five. It was beautiful yesterday. It's gorgeous. can we pick up one of these days and move it to Saturday? Tomorrow, lots of sunshine. A little cooler tomorrow, okay. less than seventy. Mm-hmm. But then the clouds start coming in on no. Thursday. Michael, I'm leading toward. Friday, the chance of rain at 18%. Now, why not just say 20%? It's an 18% chance That's of rain. That's what the computer says. Saturday. I don't even want to hear it now. La, 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 la. Is it bad? 93% no. chance of rain Saturday. Does it say afternoon showers or morning showers? It or? says rain likely, potential for heavy rainfall. Oh. No. Chance of rain, 90% may reach one inch uh, of rain. And what is the temp for Saturday? Saturday, 62. Oh, that's chilly in a rain. So it's going to cool down. The rain's going to cool it down. Oh, when the rain comes and, through, and it's a cold And we say front. this because Saturday is Mardi Gras. It's the crew of Centaur. It's a African-American history parade on mm-hmm. Saturday morning at yes. 11 downtown. Mm-hmm. Crew of Centaur. Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then Barkus and Meow is Sunday. Is now, Sunday any better? Sunday looks much better. Okay. A little bit of sunshine, partly cloudy, and only a 24% chance of rain. Now. Still cool. But it, my gosh, it's it's February by then. So. Is there any chance, and I'm just going to lay this out here. Is there, and the. The Mardi Gras crew people are going to blow my freaking phone up. So I'm sorry for even saying this. Is there any chance you can bump to Sunday? Is there I, I, any I chance think of that? That'd be feasible I mean, I know all. people have got their hotel rooms booked and all right. that. And, and you've got security, and you've got security lined, up. lined up. I know. We've got security from out of town coming in, don't we? Don't we have oh, additional security? Oh, I'm sure security? we do. Yeah, I'm sure we do. So I, I, so I don't think The logistical nightmare is yeah, not possible. Not at this late date. Not three uh, days, four days before. Yeah, I just because what what happens if it if it storms that morning or that day, people make a decision not to go. Right, especially if you're the first parade. You know, next weekend is Gemini, and they'll That's just go. Right. Oh, I'll just go to Gemini. So the centaur crowd, when you're rolling and it's rainy, or it had been rainy, We're not, you know, there's Greg nobody said, to throw your stuff to. Greg Adams was in yesterday, and we talked about it, and, and we mentioned that the, there was, you know, a significant chance of rain. And he did. He made the point, look, this is Louisiana weather. Yes. And it could change. Yes. And when you're looking, like I'm looking at the 10th for the Gemini Parade, and then Highland Parade is Sunday, and there's 40 to 60% chance of rain on Saturdays and Sunday. But Both I mean, the next weekend. Two okay. weeks away. Right. It changes. It does you know, change. Come on. And ah. maybe they can get the Barksdale bubble fixed by then. They need to get it fixed. They need it fixed by this Friday evening. They really do. Yeah. But Because Centaur is, if it's not the biggest, it's one of the biggest parades in the state in terms of the number of floats, et cetera. Um, and it is spectacular. If you've never been, it is a spectacular event. They have moved it to the daytime, earlier in the daytime, 2.45 mm-hmm. start. And so it'll be wrapped up before it gets dark. That's the goal. Um, but starts- if you do want to see the floats all lit up, you can go to the uh, float loading party on Friday night. Friday evening, it starts at 5. They light them all up. You no rain to- on Friday. Friday looks beautiful. And, and all of them are in their dens anyway. So you get to go from den to den 
and see each of the floats. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And if you get the VIP tour, you get to climb on the floats. You'll get a T-shirt. You get some special you can access. Go in and see their little bathroom. Yeah, the little bathrooms are cool. The they really are. They really. Some of them put <laughs> special pictures in the bathroom that are you know just crazy funny pictures of the crew when they were you know building the floats. They, the, the floats are amazing. They I've really never, they work. I, I've I've never ridden on a on a big float in a Mardi Gras parade. Really. Never, never been wow. invited. Of course, then people in the crew go, well, pay your dues, pay your yeah, money, yeah. and you can come ride. You can come ride. Yeah, absolutely. It is I'm not a, asking to be Grand Marshal or anything. It's a hoot. It really is I, a I hoot. I think it would be fun to do that one year. And it, it, um, it's a fun, fun time. At a previous radio station I worked, mm-hmm. we had the radio company pickup. Oh, that yeah. We drove. Yeah. And I stood in the back of the pickup and mm-hmm. I, and that's, yeah, and through stuff. And I mean, it was fun, you know, just to do it. And it had the big logo on the yeah. side. And I'm so important. Being on the float with the camaraderie of everybody and oh, the, absolutely. Yeah, the jello shots they pass out. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we didn't have any of that. <laughs> you didn't have any. I, I didn't have any of that. Um, In it fact, was just, it was it raining. Was just jello. It was raining. Yeah, just jello. We love jello. Orange jello. <laughs> I bought a, a, a suction cup like shower handle, okay, mm-hmm. that I put on top of the truck. Oh, yeah. So I could have something hold to on. hold on to. Or you're on your booty, yeah. Yeah, because if it stopped or, right. you know, picked, it took off. Exactly. Yeah. My last time I rode, this is, this is going to make me sound really old. I brought one of those little collapsible stools, a tiny little stool, and to set it behind me. So when we were st- stopped or at a lull, oh, that's a good idea. I could just plop my booty make down sound on, old at all. on a stool and just chill, right? And then have a drink of my cocktail or whatever it was. And um, it, it's a blast. It really, it was scary the last year I rode. It was scary when stuff was starting to be thrown at us. You know, when they're throwing rocks or stuff at you. It was a little bit frightening, and I was like, "Really, this is a little People bit much." People are throwing rocks at the. Oh float. yeah, ask our friend Larry Ryan about that. The, yeah, the, they somebody on their float, I believe, got hit. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it was dangerous. It was dangerous, and it was kind of spooky. You know, that that reminds me. Years ago at the Louisiana State Fair, we did used to do Doctor Blood. You remember Doctor? Oh Blood? yeah, yeah. The haunted house on mm-hmm. the fairgrounds right. that ran through the fair every year. It was so much fun. And it was a theater company that did it. So the makeup was incredible. Oh, the, cool. All the rooms were done so well. And it was a it, it was pitch black when you're oh. going through the maze until oh. you got to one of the rooms. Well, Aaron, it got to be where, oh, somebody pulled a knife. Oh, my gosh. In the maze. You know, wow! And and as a as one of the guides, one of the ghouls guides, mm-hmm. we had secret passageways. We had doorways that we could pop out of, yeah. go through a, a secret, you know, yeah. alleyway, and then come out in front of the tour. Oh. So if that did happen, we could get out and go get the policeman that was you know working with us there. Gosh. I mean, but it's like. People ruin everything. I know. I know. You can't just have fun. No, not anymore. That's for sure. Absolutely. That's a shame. Don't throw a moon pie back. (laughs) Just enjoy it. Eat it. (laughs) They're good. Dr. Joseph. Now, you guys have had Dr. Bocchini on several times, right? Oh, he was a regular guest during the pandemic. I think he got a paycheck. I think he was a co-host. He was on payroll. Yeah, I think he was on payroll. Well, I'm looking forward to talking with him because I haven't yet... But the the flu's running rampant in the yeah, Arclitex. We'll really talk is. to him later this hour. Mike and McCarty, sports is next, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Now that my mom doesn't live in california anymore i want the earthquakes to stay out there yes no doubt what the, what the heck is going on we're having earthquakes in louisiana mm-hmm. is this is this legit 
It's legit. Two more in um, the Hall Summit community. Right. Red River Parish. One was a 2.5 and one was a 3.5 on the Richter scale. Um, now, there was no LSU-Auburn game going on no, that, me- that no, measured. Okay. No. Some people said they didn't even feel it. Others said they felt a pretty good little shake. Right. Um, no injuries, no damage or anything like that. I mean, these are small in, in the grand scheme of um, earthquakes. They're tiny. But we've had I mean, quite a te- few. Are tectonic plates moving in our area? What what do we know? Is well, it, what people are going to say? It's that fracking is messing everything I, up. What what happened was I think uh, one of the guys at Centenary, who is a what is he a geophysicist or something? I'm not sure. He says that we have a um, a fault under our region. Okay, it's, so we do it, have a fault. It's the Red River Fault. And this was astonishing. In one of the reports, I think it was KTBS, um, said the fault has been there for, listen to this, hundreds of millions of years. And it's just now activating? I guess maybe we don't. I mean, how long have we been in Hall Summit, Louisiana? How many how, how many years have people been there? 200 years? I don't know. So we don't know. Has it been and active? The Cato Indians, were they there yeah, before that? Yeah, they mean, were there on. before that. I know. But did did they feel earthquakes back then, you know, when the Indians were running around the state? I don't know. I don't know how. We don't keep records that far back. But I know they've been in the last month. You I've just don't hear it. about earthquakes here. No, you don't. We had some reported in Texas oh, for a while. There were some that were reported over in northeast Texas. There was kind of a hot spot. And then that quieted down. And now it's Hall Summit, Red River Parish, the Cachata area, mm-hmm. where they're feeling earthquakes. I don't get it. I've never felt an earthquake. I've been in California many times. Right. But I was my never grandparents there. used to live there. My mom moved out there years ago, so we would go mm-hmm. uh, and visit. Never, never, never experienced an earthquake, which I, of which I'm grateful. Sure, uh, I have family members Not who something. have, and they say it is an odd feeling. It's like um, that would be a completely helpless situation. Oh yeah. I mean, there's nothing you, have you no can control. do. You have no control. None at all. I mean, sure, you can take stuff off the wall, but by, by that time, it's too late. You know, by the time you got to it, because earthquakes aren't lasting, you know, like 20 minutes. Like, you may be in a tornado for, you know, a minute or two. You you could be in a, you know, in a hurricane. You could be in that for several minutes. But an earthquake can be pretty quick, I would assume. I may be, I may be wrong. People are smarter than me. And then the aftershocks. That's the thing. You, yeah. you don't know. Are the aftershocks going to be bigger? Then the first, don't know. But I know the folks in Hall Summit, every time they get a little shaking going on down there, they're posting See, about we know, it. We had, we had uh, drills in school. You had to get under your desk mm-hmm. and put your head between your knees, you know, for uh, tornadoes, things like that. Sure. We never had earthquake drills. No, no earthquake <laughs> drills. And don't, we, aren't you yeah. supposed to stand in a door frame? Isn't that supposed to be the safest place? I have no clue what you do in an earthquake. No clue. I, I know you're supposed to get away from, you know, big buildings. I think I think you're supposed to strip naked and run through a field. No, that's not what you do. I think that's It has nothing protocol. to do with nakedness, Martindale. Nothing to Are do you with sure? nakedness. I promise you. I know getting out away from buildings is a, is a big deal. Right. But I don't think it says naked. Oh, okay. I don't think Maybe anywhere. Maybe I'm reading the wrong literature. I think you're reading the wrong. Oh, you call that literature. Okay, it's <laughs> literature now. All right. Ah, Mr. Hefner, thanks for the literature. <laughs> Look at the Mike loves it. Red ribbon. It's, <laughs> it's artistic. Look how artistic it is. No, I kid. Do those are those? Mag, I'm, boy, am I diverting now? When yeah. I hear Sports and Illustrated's I, going out of business, um, several others, big media companies are cutting back. Are the things like that Hefner publishes? Are those things cutting back too? Because God knows he's got competition. Well, you ask me like I'm, I'm a subscriber. I'm not. I Mr. Have no run idea. naked from an earthquake. That yeah, was I a this. joke. That wasn't any. <laughs> I'm not reading Playboy. I wonder if they're suffering too. I, mean, I don't I would, have a clue. I haven't even seen a Playboy since like high school. Do they still exist? Ruben, he'll know. Ruben, do Playboy magazines still exist? I really don't know. I, remember, I really don't know. I remember a few years ago they they stopped publishing nude photos or photos of nude women. 
Okay. Not nude photos. Right. Nude it's, photo it's more like a, a maxim now. Is it really? Yeah. But I think they went back. I think they oh. went back to it because what sales, selling. sales dropped off. But who's buying magazines with that kind of content? Because it's, it's everywhere. If you want to get, if that's what you're after, it's everywhere. How I don't even we get here. Yeah, I don't even know where to get them anymore. I don't like, either. I, there, there used to be a place where, you know, you would go and get a, a newspaper and then grab the magazine you wanted and fold well, there it are up no in the newspaper and then buy the newspaper. Yeah. And <laughs> I just read an article. I just read an article this morning, as a matter of fact, the death of newspapers. Yes. And why newspapers died. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's not, not ju- yes, the Internet, of course. Right. With, with instant news and your phone. But it, it's a lot more than that. And yeah. and it was very interesting. It was a very interesting or the printed word though, mm-hmm. you know, like you say, I, Sports Illustrated is, is sh- going under. Can you imagine Sports Illustrated shutting down? How have I not heard that? How have you not heard that? How have I not heard that? I don't know. I don't know. Not making not making any money. Doctor Joseph Bocchini going to be joining us here in about ten minutes, talking about the uh, spike in flu cases here. Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM, seven ten Kio. Big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Kio. Flu cases spiking in the Arklatex. You probably know somebody who is sick. Well, we're going to talk with Dr. Joseph Bocchini with Willis Knight, and he's a pediatric infectious disease specialist, uh, about what you can do. Coming up right after the break, Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel.com. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I think I need I need a week off. Oh, do you? So I'm going to say I never get sick. <laughs> Don't say that. I never get sick. You're doomed now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <gasps> On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Dr. Joseph Bocchini joining us from Willis Knight and Doc. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Lots of cases of the flu. Uh, are people just? Uh, Touching things they shouldn't be touching, getting too close. What's going on? Yeah, you know, this is a respiratory viral season. In the winter, people do spend more time together indoors, um, and uh, the environment changes. The air is drier, and um, this enables viruses, respiratory viruses, to spread quite easily. And so we are seeing lots of respiratory viral infections. And it, as you said, it's getting close to people so that when they cough or sneeze, uh, the virus is transmitted to your uh, mucous membranes, your mouth or your eyes. Or the virus then survives after it falls on uh, doorknobs or mm-hmm. um, other things and people touch them and then they inoculate themselves. So, uh, yes, multiple ways to catch a respiratory virus. Doc, how serious is the the flu, the, the strain we're, we're seeing in the area right now? Well, this is a big influenza year. There's lots of influenza activity, not only in Louisiana, but across the country. Uh, we are seeing uh, amongst the respiratory viruses, this is the influenza viruses are number one. We're seeing lots of cases, and it's both influenza, one of the influenza A viruses and one of the influenza B viruses, they're both circulating at the same time, uh, causing many diff- many infections uh, within our community. We're still, the state keeps, uh, uh, publishes data on a weekly basis of uh, the level of flu activity. We're still in the in the high to moderate to high uh, flu activity um, area. Now, Aaron and I both got the the recent flu shot. Is that shot proving to be effective? And is it too late to for people if they haven't gotten a flu shot yet to get one? Well, one, it's not too late. The flu season goes um, in many years all the way till May, and although we're seeing uh, some moderation of activity right now, it's still high. It may lower, um, but then another 
wave of influenza can occur, and so it is not too late to get the vaccine. So far, we know that the vaccine appears to be a really good match with the flu viruses that are circulating this year. So you should get some significant degree of protection. We know that uh, the, depending on how old you are, depending on what your immune system is like, uh, depending on whether you're an adult or a child, there may be a different degree of effectiveness of the influenza vaccine. But overall, it's at least 50% effective uh, on a good year. And we think this is probably going to be a good year in preventing infection. And when it doesn't prevent infection, it modifies it. So you have a milder infection than you typically would have when you when you get influenza and haven't been vaccinated. We, we spoke with Dr. Martha White a week or two ago who actually got the flu and had the, the shot and but but still got the got the flu and she said it it kept her down for about three weeks is there something different with this strain that makes it even more debilitating for some well you know each year you can't predict this the severity of the influenza season or the influenza virus because um as you know the virus mutates this is one of the viruses that um over a short period of time changes uh, significantly, and that means the immunity that you have from prior infections doesn't often help. That's why we need a vaccine every year. And in many cases, even though you've gotten the vaccine, um, the the virus can cause uh, an infection, as I said earlier. Um, Usually it it modifies it so that um, you have a milder case, but you can get um, pretty sick with influenza. You know, the, the classic influenza is five to seven days of high fever, chills, muscle aches, pain. Um, and so um, it can be a pretty serious illness. Explain again, the, the how do you know if it's flu or COVID or respiratory? Is, is there a distinction or do you need to be tested? You really need to be tested. There's such an overlap between the symptoms of COVID, the symptoms of RSV, and the symptoms of influenza, that if you have a significant respiratory illness consistent with a a virus with um, cough, some congestion, uh, aching, fever, um, you you need to um, be evaluated by your physician, be tested. And the important thing about being tested is that If you have influenza, just like if you have COVID, there are treatments now uh, for um, uh, to try and shorten the course of the infection and reduce the risk of complications. So even if you've been vaccinated, um, you still need to be tested if you have symptoms, as I mentioned, um, and then your physician can determine whether uh, it would be beneficial for you to be uh, given uh, treatment. We know that if we give uh, treatment against influenza within 24 to 48 hours of the beginning of the symptoms, uh, we can shorten the course of the infection quite dramatically. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Joseph Bacchini with uh, Willis Knight. And Doctor, I know like when I stop and fill up my truck, I keep hand sanitizer in my truck. And, and soon after I touch that gas pump handle, I mean, I'm, I'm hitting the hand sanitizer. What are some things people can do uh, other than the flu shot to uh, to help, you know, maybe prevent being coming in contact and, and contacting the flu? Well, you, you just mentioned one of the most important things. Um, when you touch an object or uh, stairs, uh, uh, doorknob, things that many other people have touched. Um, the chance that there is a virus at those sites is, is uh, pretty significantly high. So you need to make sure that you use a hand sanitizer um, uh, and to try and, and reduce the chance that once you've touched those areas and potentially contaminated your hands, that you don't then put your um, hand rub your eyes or your nose or something that would enable you to transmit the virus. So Can one overuse hand sanitizer? Um, well, I, I mean, I think if you uh, know, um, you know, it is often alcohol-based, so um, you have to be careful you don't over-dry out the skin of your hand, so you might 
at the same time, make sure you use a moisturizer on your hands so mm-hmm. it doesn't your skin doesn't crack or or get irritated. But for most people, the typical use of the hand sanitizer is not going to cause any any problem or any difficulty. This flu, this flu, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. Uh, oh no, I was going to say the second thing that uh, that's important is that if you are a, a, a high-risk person in the sense that you have an underlying medical condition that uh, would increase the risk that if you got influenza, you might have a more severe case or complications such as pneumonia, dehydration, um, then you should, at this point, with lots of influenza activity in the community, avoid large crowds. Avoid being in places where other people who may be ill um, are transmitting the virus. So good hand hygiene, making sure that you don't auto-contaminate yourself, avoiding large crowds, um, and, of course, making sure that if someone is sick, that they stay home, that they don't take the risk of transmitting the infection to others. That was what I was going to ask you. A lot of people will still send their kids to school or they'll still go to work because they have a pile of work to do and they'll end up getting 10 other people sick. That's a huge warning sign. If you're sick, don't go in where you're going to infect others. And too many people do that. You see that a lot, I bet. Oh, yes. That's really important. Um, and, and, uh, and people have to understand what the risk is of transmitting to other people who may, um, be at higher risk for complications. And then the other thing that's important is that, you know, masks do work. And I think that if you are, if you have to be out and you are sick, then wearing a mask will reduce the risk of transmission, uh, to others. So that's another, a uh, valuable uh, thing. But the most important thing to protect against influenza is to get vaccinated. Dr. Joseph Bocchini, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. My mm-hmm. pleasure. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. So are you going to watch the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll always have watch it on. The, yeah, I'll yeah. have it on. I like to watch the commercials and I, really I watch, watch the game. The commercials. And it, it, is it just me or the past few years have the commercials not lived up to the hype? Oh, horrible. Horrible. I, it's, it's like it, it used to be that was one of the things because, you know, some some companies use their entire annual advertising budget just for the Super Bowl. That one commercial. It might run one time. Yeah. That's and a so lot of money. And so you've got some really creative stuff, but it seems like lately. Now, the, the one that pops into my mind is the, the Breaking Bad. Now, it's it was it some kind of chips. It was yeah. both, you know, uh, Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston in the RV, mm-hmm. which looked exactly like... A scene from the show. Yeah, it was creative. It really was. Very good. Very well done. Now, it wasn't hilarious, but it was just like, okay, that was really cool. I want them to make me laugh. That's what I... Absolutely. That or emotion. You know, the little dog that that found his his way. What was it? Was it a Budweiser ad? I love that. Right. If I get kind of emotional, a little heart tug, or if I laugh, I'm good. Okay, what if... but like, I'm not a beer drinker other nope. than Guinness. Do I buy beer because the, of it? No. Okay, but what about the Bud Light, the whole Bud Light thing? Remember last yeah. year oh, it was yeah. a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody boycotting Bud Light. Right. I, I, I never bought it anyway, so I did, it didn't affect me. But I did notice one of the most beloved sports figures of all time, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. is now advertising for Bud Light. Yeah, they're, they're digging their way any, back up. I haven't heard any, you know, kickback on it. They're on the way back. It appears they're on the mend. Um, they need to do a little more heart tug. You know, that that's kind of what they need to do. Or funny. You know, if, if he could, if they could do some funny stuff with his brothers, well, that would they, be good. They also need to get the message out. Look, the people that did this, you know, PR debacle are mm-hmm. gone. Right. They've been and, pretty clear about that. But, I, but I'm... Um, 
my problem with the commercials. I'm, cu- I'm curious if there's any of our listeners that are are still, still adamant not going. Oh, to. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm know. sure there are plenty. My problem with the commercials is they may be funny and wonderful, but half the time I don't remember the product. Don't remember what they're selling. What were they trying to sell me? Right. It was funny. It was cute. It was a you know. I can't remember the Breaking Bad product. I think I like to say I think it was some kind of chip. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't remember at all what it is. And that's part of the that's part of the deal. You're supposed to be trying to sell me your product. Okay. I, I'm not a big pop culture mm-hmm. couldn't care less, you know, as a general rule. Some of sometimes it's interesting, but the whole every time Kansas City plays, when you watch Kansas City, it, it the one person getting more airtime than Patrick Mahomes is Taylor Swift. Yes, she's on the screen a lot. They've got a camera strictly focused on whatever, you know, suite she's in. Mm-hmm. And and she gets all the camera time. Yep. I don't care. I, I don't dislike Taylor Swift. It doesn't, right. it doesn't bother. My friends are like, I'm so sick of, you know, they get these texts. Yes. I'm like, I, look, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't either. bother me, but I, I, I can live without it. I so, did see somebody post a message that was really spot on. It was like, if you have the world's biggest superstar dating one of the big best football players and she's at every game and they never showed her. People well, sure. would go nuts. Why aren't you showing Taylor Swift? Why aren't you showing Taylor Swift? She's there for Travis. Why aren't you showing her? No. And now we show her and people are griping. So you can't have it both ways. Last Saints game I went to, we stayed at a hotel downtown New Orleans and walked to the stadium. Mm-hmm. How does Taylor Swift get to the game? Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> she's not coming in, you know, gate C with her right. ticket going What's going, funny is yeah. they, they mapped out her flight from Tokyo because she's got a show in Tokyo oh, wow. the day before the Super Bowl. So that world. they routed her private jet so she could get to Vegas in time for the Super Bowl. Oh, boy. <laughs> Go Coming up, uh, our new Attorney General Liz Merle going to be joining us after the news. 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Very honored to have Louisiana's newly elected Attorney General. Even though she hasn't accepted my Facebook friend request, on the line, Liz Merle joining us. <laughs> Liz, good morning. Good morning. She's been I'll, busy. I'll go accept it immediately. <laughs> okay, because I wasn't going to do the interview. You, I'm so offended. You stand with Texas <laughs> and their right. That. Their right to defend their border. Um, I think you're one of two dozen states now that have joined up. Uh, the federal government is not letting Texas do what they need to do to protect their border. No, it's really malfeasance, and we've been pressing this issue for several years now, really since Biden took over um, in the White House. And we've filed multiple lawsuits. And the list of things that this administration has done or not done to protect our border is really long. It's criminal is what it is. Literally, it's criminal. He's breaking federal law. He's going against the Constitution to protect the citizens of the United States against an invasion. And that's what we have going on on our southern border, an invasion. You know, it's crazy when you look at the, the numbers of people that are crossing the border in Texas and then see the disconnect in Washington where they deny that there's a problem. But then when Texas moves people off their border to other states, to sanctuary cities, they cry and scream for mercy and say, we can't handle this. This is terrible. You've got to stop it. And it's, you know, like, go look, look right at the White House. That's who's causing this problem. Is the answer to this, uh, Attorney General, enforce the law that's on the books now? Well, it is. I mean, you know, immigration enforcement is one of those areas that has always been left to the president of the United States. He has an enormous amount of power when it comes to immigration enforcement. I think that that was intended by Congress to allow the president to secure our borders, not to open them wide open 
so they could turn our the president could turn our interstates into mainline mainlining fentanyl into the smallest towns in the country, which is what has happened. Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant, uh, Attorney General Liz Merle on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Louisiana legislature going into a special session about crime. What are, what are some of the bills that you would like to see them address? Well, I'm interested to see what the governor's package looks like. I think that the DAs, the sheriffs and I have a lot of agreement on some, uh, big, big picture items that need to happen, including more accountability and ability to house uh, minors who have been adjudicated delinquent in our system and more flexibility to move them into the adult system and charge them as adults and to house them in adult facilities under restricted settings if they're 16 or 17. So that's an area where I think we all have very wide agreement because of all the problems that we have seen across the state with juvenile crime. You know, I believe we need accountability, and I am ready to look at any bill that reinforces that and goes back to a system where we have enforcement and respect for the rule of law. There have been some questions raised about the judicial process might be one of the cogs that is not moving as quickly and that there may be some things bogging down because of that. What can we do to address that? What are some things that you think might speed that process up? Well, probably the single most effective thing that speeds up that process is addressing their finances. Because there are separate branch of government, it's difficult to force the judiciary to do uh, things. And they are all separate, right? They're elected from different districts. Mm-hmm. So every district is different. Every district has a chief judge who's different from the chief in another district. You know, this is not a problem that you can point to. I mean, there is a central force, and that central force is the Supreme Court. And they also distribute money. The legislature distributes money, and I think they can put conditions on those expenditures that require some accountability for how that money is being spent. But once you appropriate for the judiciary it's largely in the hands of the court to supervise the judiciary because they are a separate branch of government. Attorney General Liz Merle, the the governor told us just recently that he wants to reinstate the death penalty in the state of Louisiana. Are you two on the same page? And what needs to happen next? Uh, We are, and we have been for the last eight years. We sent uh, letters to the governor at the time explaining how we could resolve some of the litigation. We did, in fact, do that. We are not under any in any federal litigation at this time. And I think the path is clear. We've faced some difficulty in getting drugs needed to carry out the penalty under current law. And I believe that will be one of the bills that is proposed in the crime session that uh, gives a little more flexibility so that we can move forward with the penalty again. And I support that. Do you anticipate rolling back some of the measures that were passed in the Justice Reinvestment Act, which some say has been a failure? Um, do you anticipate that being part of this session as well? Yes, I think that the uh, specifically, I mean, there, I, I couldn't tell you every single move that would roll back some of the policies that were put in place then. I can tell you that the juvenile, the law relative to juveniles, the the raised age law mm-hmm. um, is what raised the age, allowed 16 and 17 year olds to be retained in juvenile facilities. I believe that will be the first thing on the chopping block because it's created enormous problems in our juvenile system and it's made it really problematic in terms of providing services to the younger uh, juveniles that are in that system because we cannot control the older ones who are there and we did not build those facilities for people who um, just simply won't comply and are going to escape and who are attacking staff and other juveniles in the system. You, uh, One of your first orders when you took over, I believe, was uh, you called for a complete review of state police in light of the Ronald Green death. Um do we have any – how long do you anticipate that taking, and, and and what was the reason for calling for that? 
Uh, well, the re- let's start with the second question. The reason for calling for that is because the Federal Department of Justice is there looking into patterns, practices, policies at the at the uh, state police. And so I have felt, and I know that the governor shares this feeling with me, that we should take care of our own business first and not have federal courts basically running agencies of the state. And and that's where you are going when you have a Department of Justice or plaintiffs that file a lawsuit and we're moving in the direction of federal supervision. So I think we ought to, we want to, I wanted us to get in and look at what our policies are, look at what changes have occurred over the last several years, because I know that they have made changes and do a thorough top to bottom review of state police so that we uh, can police ourselves basically. And that's how we ought to run every agency to avoid federal interference with our running our own agencies. Speaking of state police, uh, Louisiana Attorney General Liz Merle, uh, they've been assigned to New Orleans, a large contingent has been assigned to New Orleans to help with Mardi Gras, but they're going to stay in New Orleans to help control the city. How will that work, working in conjunction with the city police? So that's going to be a long-term project, but I've already met with the district attorney in New Orleans and and have a list of other kind of key people, judges, the chief of police, other people that I'll go and sit down with in New Orleans. But the way it is primarily going to work is that I'll, my office will be prosecuting the cases that come out of arrests made by state police. And Jason Williams, the district attorney, wow. will continue to prosecute the cases that are being made through arrests made by the New Orleans Police Department. And they will work together uh, and we'll sort it out depending on who issues the report and who finalizes who's lead in the in the particular investigation? But the objective is to get more boots on the ground and to bring back uh, control in that city and compliance with the rule of law. And it's uh, it's you know the, the data has shown and we've seen some pretty egregious examples of how out of control New Orleans has been. And you know we want to see that turn. Do you have the support of Latoya the Destroyer? I mean the mayor. I'm sorry. Uh, the mayor's been. I'll say this, she has been fairly quiet about the whole thing, but but I have seen enormous support from people in the city. Uh, the stakeholders are the people who, not just us who visit there, but sure. also us who do business there and, and the tourism uh, market there. I mean, there are a lot of people who have a lot invested in making New Orleans safe again, and I have seen tremendous support for this project and is there, that was my next question how has the um, city police responded to this are they grateful for the help or resentful for other people coming in well the chief of the new chief of police immediately came out and asked for a permanent troop to be stationed in the french quarter so i would say she has been enthusiastic about having the help look the new orleans police department is down over a thousand officers. Gosh. That is a that is a department that should be staffed at about two thousand, and they have somewhere you know floating in the vicinity of nine hundred or or eight hundred to nine hundred. So it's enormously understaffed right now, and I think that it's it's great that the chief of police has embraced more manpower out on the street. They clearly need that, uh, and we'll see. I mean. The, the proper order of things would be to turn it back to New Orleans and have them police their own city. But, you know, they're under a consent decree, too. And that's something that we have to address. I think that we have been on, this, on working with the mayor to try and narrow the scope of that supervision so that a federal judge is not effectively the chief of police in New Orleans. Uh, we got to take a break. Can you hold with us for just a moment? Sure. I want to talk. I want to talk natural gas. I know you and President Biden see mm-hmm. eye to eye on that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he loves the fossil fuel in industry. Guys, I can tell you that. <laughs> Liz Merle, Attorney General, joining us. Uh, we'll be back after the break. Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. Louisiana Attorney General Liz Merle on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. 
These are some pretty strong words, Liz. I won't allow this president to hold our people and our economy hostage. Yowza. Those are strong words that you that you uh, issued about uh, Joe Biden. Tell us about the what, uh, of course we know he hates the fossil fuel industry and is doing everything he can to kill it. What are you doing to fight him? Well, this I mean my I anticipate that we will file yet another lawsuit against the president related to his attack on the energy industry and this most recent announcement was a directive to the Secretary of Energy to stop all natural gas permitting. Um, that has an enormous effect in Louisiana. The top five projects that were being addressed, I think that the permits that this pause, I put that in air quotes because it's really mm-hmm. uh, more than a pause, it, the top five projects that were most directly affected are in Louisiana. So, you know, we have an enormous investment in powering not only our country, but other countries with natural gas. And this move by the president is really a terrible, terrible move. And it destabilizes, destabilizes the energy and not only availability in this country, but across the world. What was his, What would his policy actually do? What is he calling for? He's calling for a pause in that permitting for natural gas export facilities. So, for example, the LNG export facilities that we have uh, that operate um, out of Calcasieu Parish and Lake Charles, there are several. And then there's another one, I think, that's being developed or off of Plaquemine Parish. They export liquefied natural gas to the rest of the world. And he's putting a pause on those permits, which will effectively stop those projects in their tracks and basically block us from moving natural gas across the world. I think it's it's part of a larger attack on the fossil fuel industry. It is extremely misguided. Um, Beyond misguided, it's as bad as the border policy because it is so destabilizing for the country and for the world. If people don't understand the vital importance of November and the need for change, we've got this candidate or that's trying to kill our industry, and we've got another candidate saying, drill, baby, drill. Yeah, look, we, we cannot move this president out of the chair fast enough. I really um, can't emphasize that enough. This, this policy started the day he took office. Um, I have preached and preached that he meant what he said when he said he wanted to kill the fossil fuel industry and that these companies should take notice. Um, Appeasement was, I think, their approach. A lot of the companies approached for a while. Of course, the people who that affects the most dramatically first are small businesses. So the smaller companies, the midstream level companies, those are the ones who get wiped out first. And we're left with oil oligarchs. You know, I don't think that anybody believes that we can function without reliance on fossil fuels, but it really does destroy the economy and it hurts Louisiana more than anybody. Liz Merle, let me ask you one more question. And and this, please excuse my ignorance if you don't mind. I'm curious your involvement as our attorney general on the congressional maps. And I haven't told you we're going to talk about this, so I apologize. Um, The congressional maps as they were redrawn, um, A... Do you believe they're legal? And B, if there is a challenge, are you are you the person who would defend it? So, yes, I'm the person that will defend it. So I'll be, you know, in the courts defending what the legislature drew um, on the basis of, you know, the necessity that we go out and draw those maps because the courts told us we needed to go draw a new map. And I testified to that in the legislature. I've spoken openly about it uh, in the media. It was very clear that we had to go and draw a new map and that the courts were not going to give us a trial on the merits until we drew a new map. Now, if you feel like that's backward or upside down, then I would agree with you. Um, I raised it over and over again in the courts. I took it up to the Fifth Circuit, I think, three times since August. And we were denied relief every time. In fact, the most recent opinion said you can have a trial on the merits after you draw a new map. So I I believe that is unfair, but we exhausted all of our remedies to avoid 
doing that and doing it in what I believe is the proper fashion, which is to have a trial on the merits. By the way, we offered to have a trial on the merits all through the fall. Mm -hmm. So we weren't trying to delay a trial on the merits. We simply wanted to have that trial so that we could run the thing through the Court of Appeals. Everyone would understand where we are and why we were doing what we were doing, even if we lost. Um, we have we to pass this bill so we can see what's protection. in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think that the legislature did the best job that it could. It's not easy to draw these maps. Um, we don't have good guidance from the Supreme Court. I think that redistricting law jurisprudence, not not the black letter law, but the jurisprudence that's been built around it is incredibly confusing and, and makes the legislature's job extremely difficult mm -hmm. because they get mixed messages. They're sure. told you can't consider race, and then they're told, well, you can consider race, but don't consider it too much. <laughs> uh, it can't predominate in the drawing of your map. So obviously you can think about it, but you can't think about it too much. And, uh, you know, they asked me how much is too much, and I said, I, I don't know. They didn't tell us that. Right. So, you know, you do. they've done the best job that they could. And we will see how it goes. But I will be defending that now. Mm. Liz Merle, Attorney General for the state of Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Hope we'll do it again soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Y'all mm. have a great day. You mm. too. 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Well, it seems like everybody knows somebody right now with the flu spiking here in our area. We'll talk with uh, Dr. Joseph Bocchini, uh, Willis-Knighton Pediatric Infectious Disease Specialist, right after the break. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I need I need a week off. Oh, do you? So I'm going to say, I never get sick. <laughs> Don't say that. I never get sick. You're doomed now. <laughs> oh, exactly. <gasps> On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Dr. Joseph Bocchini joining us from Willis-Knighton. Doc, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Lots of cases of the flu. Uh, are people just... Uh, Touching things they shouldn't be touching, getting too close. What's going on? Yeah, you know, this is a respiratory viral season. In the winter, people do spend more time together indoors, um, and uh, the environment changes, the air is drier, and um, this enables viruses, respiratory viruses, to spread quite easily. And so we are seeing lots of respiratory viral infections. And it, as you said, it's getting close to people so that when they cough or sneeze, uh, the virus is transmitted to your uh, mucous membranes, your mouth or your eyes, or the virus then survives after it falls on uh, doorknobs or mm -hmm. um, other things and people touch them and then they inoculate themselves. So uh, yes, multiple ways to catch a respiratory virus. Doc, how serious is the, the flu, the strain we're, we're seeing in the area right now? Well, this is a big influenza year. There's lots of influenza activity, not only in Louisiana, but across the country. Uh, we are seeing uh, amongst the respiratory viruses, this is the influenza viruses are number one. We're seeing lots of cases and it's both influenza, one of the influenza A viruses and one of the influenza B viruses, they're both circulating at the same time, uh, causing many diff many infections uh, within our community. We're still, the state keeps, uh, uh, publishes data on a weekly basis of uh, the level of flu activity. We're still in the in the high to moderate to high uh, flu activity um, area. Now, Aaron and I both got the the recent flu shot. Is that shot proving to be effective? And is it too late to for people if they haven't gotten a flu shot yet to get one? Well, one, it's not too late. The flu season goes um, in many years all the way till May, and although we're seeing uh, some moderation of activity right now, it's still high. It may l lower, um, but then another 
wave of influenza can occur, and so it is not too late to get the vaccine. So far, we know that the vaccine appears to be a really good match with the flu viruses that are circulating this year. So you should get some significant degree of protection. We know that uh, the, depending on how old you are, depending on what your immune system is like, uh, depending on whether you're an adult or a child, there may be a different degree of effectiveness of the influenza vaccine. But overall, it's at least 50% effective uh, on a good year. And we think this is probably going to be a good year in preventing infection. And when it doesn't prevent infection, it modifies it. So you have a milder infection than you typically would have when you when you get influenza and haven't been vaccinated. We, we spoke with Dr. Martha White a week or two ago who actually got the flu and had the, the shot and but but still got the got the flu and she said it it kept her down for about three weeks is there something different with this strain that makes it even more debilitating for some well you know each year you can't predict this the severity of the influenza season or the influenza virus because um as you know the virus mutates this is one of the viruses that um over a short period of time changes uh, significantly and that means the immunity that you have from prior infections doesn't often help that's why we need a vaccine every year and in many cases even though you've gotten the vaccine um, the the virus can cause uh, an infection as I said earlier Um, usually it's it it modifies it so that um, you have a milder case but you can get um, pretty sick with influenza. You know, the, the classic influenza is five to seven days of high fever, chills, muscle aches, pain, um, and so um, it can be a pretty serious illness. Explain again the the. How do you know if it's flu or COVID or respiratory? Is is there a distinction, or do you need to be tested? You really need to be tested. There's such an overlap between the symptoms of COVID, the symptoms of RSV, and the symptoms of influenza, that if you have a significant respiratory illness consistent with a a virus with um, cough, some congestion, uh, aching, fever, um, you you need to um, be evaluated by your physician, be tested. And the important thing about being tested is that if you have influenza, just like if you have COVID, there are treatments now uh, for um, uh, to try and shorten the course of the infection and reduce the risk of complications. So even if you've been vaccinated, um, you still need to be tested if you have sy- symptoms, as I mentioned. Um, and then your physician can determine whether uh, it would be beneficial for you to be uh, given uh, treatment. We know that if we give uh, treatment against influenza within 24 to 48 hours of the beginning of the symptoms, uh, we can shorten the course of the infection quite dramatically. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Joseph Bacchini with uh, Willis Knight. And Doctor, I know like when I stop and fill up my truck, I keep hand sanitizer in my truck. And, and soon after I touch that gas pump handle, I mean, I'm, I'm hitting the hand sanitizer. What are some things people can do uh, other than the flu shot to uh, to help, you know, maybe prevent being coming in contact and, and contacting the flu? Well, you, you just mentioned one of the most important things. Um, when you touch an object or uh, stairs, uh, uh, doorknob, things that many other people have touched. Um, the chance that there is a virus at those sites is, is uh, pretty significantly high. So you need to make sure that you use a hand sanitizer um, uh, and to try and, and reduce the chance that once you've touched those areas and potentially contaminated your hands, that you don't then put your um, hand rub your eyes or your nose or something that would enable you to transmit the virus. So Can one, one overuse hand sanitizer? Um, well, I, I mean, I think if you uh, know, um, you know, it is often alcohol-based, so um, you have to be careful you don't over-dry out the skin of your hands, so you might 
at the same time, make sure you use a moisturizer on your hands so mm -hmm. it doesn't, your skin doesn't crack or, or get irritated. But for most people, the typical use of the hand sanitizer is not going to cause any, any problem or any difficulty. This flu, this flu, I'm sorry, go ahead. I apologize. Uh, uh, oh, no, I was going to say the second thing that's, uh, that's important is that if you, are a, a, a high-risk person in the sense that you have an underlying medical condition that uh, would increase the risk that if you got influenza, you might have a more severe case or complications such as pneumonia, dehydration, um, then you should, at this point, with lots of influenza activity in the community, avoid large crowds. Avoid being in places where other people who may be ill um, are transmitting the virus. So good hand hygiene, making sure that you don't auto-contaminate yourself, avoiding large crowds, um, and, of course, making sure that if someone is sick, that they stay home, that they don't take the risk of transmitting the infection to others. That was what I was going to ask you. A lot of people will still send their kids to school or they'll still go to work because they have a pile of work to do and they'll end up yeah. getting 10 other people sick. That's a huge warning sign. If you're sick, don't go in right. where you're going to infect others. And p too many people do that. You see that a lot, I bet. Oh, yes. That's really important. Um, and, and, uh, and people have to understand what the risk is of transmitting to other people who may um, <clears throat> be at higher risk for complications. And then the other thing that's important is that, you know, masks do work. And I think that if you are, if you have to be out and you are sick, then wearing a mask may, will reduce the risk of transmission uh, to others. So that's another uh, valuable uh, thing. But the most important thing to protect against influenza is to get vaccinated. Dr. Joseph Bocchini, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. My mm -hmm. pleasure. Mm -hmm. 1017 FM 710 Keel. More breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I love that you're like me, you're a Saints fan. Mm hmm. Yes. Heartbreaking right now. Yes. <laughs> Where we are. Uh, a lot of posts about uh, Michael Thomas mm -hmm. and how unhappy he is. Right. Like, you know what? I, I'm past the point of caring about somebody's talent anymore because it's it's about more than it's about more than just your on field performance. Yes. Oh, you go leave. You can't be disgruntled. You bring down everybody around you. Get out. You're a mm -hmm. cancer in the locker room anyway. Yep. Go. Bye bye. Alvin Kamara, the same way. Go. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Trade them. Get something for them. Yeah. Bring in people I, who want to be a, there. I'd take a Benjamin Watson ten times. Okay. Over over ten. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm blank now. Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there'll be some deals made during the during the um, draft and the trading season. There'll be some deals made that will. Hopefully, we'll change the Saints. Right. You know, we we hope. I I haven't heard anything about coaching changes there. Have you? No. Unfortunately, Are you worried? That might happen. I don't know. Aaron, I used to live and breathe, schedule my life around. You know what I mean? Sure. Not not so much anymore. No, I don't either. I, you know, I'll I, read about it when it happens. And, and I will. I'll turn on a Saints game. I'll turn them on because I just I can't not. Sure. I, I'm I'm not to that point yet. Mm hmm And and I'll ever be optimistic and hopeful. I when we first got Derek Carr, I was like, Oh man, yeah, hey, this is gonna be a great get. Yeah. No. I don't he's know. not he's he's not And Jameis Winston not is not it either. Oh, and I Lord, you know no. I, I don't know what I never we're liked gonna... him when he was with Tampa Bay. Right. I'm I'm hopeful they'll get something for him and move him along and find something else. Well, he only had a one year deal anyway. Yeah. So, so. yeah, he's he's done pretty much. Oh, I okay. I hope we'll see if they re-sign him. I'm hoping that we can refuel. But you this, know? this time of year, 
it's like, oh my gosh. And we got, what, two weeks before the Super Bowl? It's Is such that right? a lull. Yes. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I do enjoy watching some of the college basketball. Mm-hmm. I do. I've gotten to where I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't know if I'm just so desperate for Right, but I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm, but, but I, I concluded I must be a jinx for the LSU women because the Awful last two last games, night. oh, it was terrible last night, mm-hmm. losing to what Mississippi State? Yes, yeah, unranked, unranked. Now they looked good, but I'm talking about Mississippi State, not LSU. Yeah, all the posts about LSU, like they had a bad off night. It was bad terrible. off night. It was I was curious terrible. for you if. I was I did a story in the news this morning about the Super Bowl tickets. I was stunned to see the average ticket price. Did you hear it yet? No. Yes. Well, see, I I, I would say forty five hundred dollars. You're way too low. Are you kidding? The average price? Way too low. See, that's just that's what's wrong how with our a, society. How can a regular Joe take his son to see the Super Bowl? He can't. No. No. Eighty three hundred dollars for one ticket that's the average price you that's want, not even yes. the, that's not even the high end now, no. of course we know sweets are going to be you want to take your son to see the super bowl or your wife or your best buddy right 16 grand to plop it down. who can afford that only the elite will be getting these tickets and that's it and then you know the people like Will Taylor, to Taylor Swift have a ticket. I'm sure Taylor's going to have a ticket. Have a ticket, <laughs> and you know they're going to be. She'll probably buy tickets that she'll give to people. I mean, I know a lot of rich folks will probably buy tickets that they'll give to people. You think there's going to be some announcement at the uh, Super Bowl concerning Taylor Swift? I think we might hear something about Taylor Swift. Really, the future Mrs. Kelsey. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what we're hearing. My buddies are texting like. Every damn time Kansas City does something, they show Taylor Swift. I'm like, I got no problem with that. She's beautiful, you yeah. know. I mean, she seems like a sweet girl. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know her personally. Did, did you gripe about them showing Jack Nicholson um, during the Lakers yeah, games? There you go. Or Spike Lee during the Knicks games? Right. They went to him every other break. It seems. They have to show the superstar. I'm sorry. You can't have her at the game she's and the not show her. She's the biggest star in the world right oh, now. Oh, she's a monster star. Absolutely. And you got to show her. I'm sorry. And you know what? If it makes little girls watch <laughs> football because Taylor Swift Taylor is there, Swift. bonus. You know? What the heck? I think it's great. And I, I just $8,300 for a ticket. Good night. So, I don't love a team that much for any to anything. No, not a no, chance. Not Lord, a chance. No. Mm. <laughs> Coming up, uh, watch my Chief Smith tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Chief Wayne Smith going to join us tomorrow morning. I hope he comes in studio. He is. Yep, bringing biscuits. Michael McCarty, one hundred and one seven FM, seven ten Keel.